0: Hey babes, Topher here. It's been a shit year for everybody. Um, I think actually by the time this drops, it is right at a year for when basically everybody went into lockdown and yada yada. Recently, we've had some really bad news. Um, one of our best friends and a longtime friend and multiple-time guest of the podcast, Matt Reich, has had a pretty bad accident. Um, he was hit by a car, and while he is recovering, things are still going to be difficult for a while. If you don't know him by name, you would know him from our Jaws episode or our Ex Machina episode or from being genuinely the person who came up with the idea for Horror or nah. He's a longtime friend and one of the greatest people we know. If you have a couple bucks to spare or just the time to write an encouraging note, you can find his... GoFundMe link in my Instagram bio. Um, That's at Toffaloaf, T-O-P-H-L-O-A-P-H. Thank you, and we love you, and we'll talk to you soon. On with the episode. Yeah, a yeah, Shoot the ooh!
1: Do I want to what?
0: Shoot the shit! Shoot
1: shoot the shit!
0: Yeah, shit shooting. Shit shooting. It's like skeet shooting, but it's cow pies.
1: That's gross. Hey babe. Yeah babe. Remember that time we watched Kindred?
0: You mean the 2020 movie that's essentially just a like mashup of Rosemary's Baby and Get Out that's set in Scotland?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a like you said 2020 British horror film directed by Joe Mercantonio. And yeah, that's what we will be talking about today. If you guys want to find it, I'll say it up top. It is available on Hulu. That is where we watched it. Um, I think it's it's an IFC, so you might also be able to find it on the AMC app uh, if you have that. But yeah.
0: Just I'll say one thing just mm-hmm. that I would usually say at the end, but yeah, it was distributed by IFC Midnight. Yes. Which is their horror division. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can find it through wherever you find IFC Midnights.
1: Yeah, totally. So I'm Nicole.
0: I'm Topher.
1: and we're the horror babes if you didn't already know that so we'll be doing it does
0: say it like when you pick the <laughs> i always think it's funny like yeah. whenever you click the podcast it's like yeah that's the name of the podcast yeah like they doesn't say nicole and tofer are the horror babes That that's part it's fine but like if they didn't know that'd be pretty funny
1: yeah that would be pretty funny like what what am i listening to <laughs> So yeah, we'll be doing the normal format here. If you are new here and don't know what that is, Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, and then I'll take us through the plot, and then we'll dive into the good stuff and go into a deeper analysis of the movie itself. So Topher, without further ado, who made this thing?
0: Not John Carpenter.
1: True. True. I mean, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He, he, he didn't do it. I'm sorry, he didn't.
0: It's Okay. I'm just missing John Carpenter. He's not on. the
1: only director. Well. <laughs> he might be the favorite director, but he's not <laughs> the only director.
0: I do like other directors. Sometimes. So, yes, it was directed by Joe Marcantonio, mm-hmm. uh, written by him and his buddy Jason McColgan. Yep. It stars Tamara Lawrence as Charlotte, our protagonist. Um, Ed Holcroft, or sorry, Edward Holcroft. I've seen both. Mm-hmm. um As Ben, her partner. Yeah, Fiona Shaw as Margaret, his mother.
1: Yeah, you'd probably recognize her from a lot of shows. She's in, I think she's in um Killing Eve.
0: She is. Um,
1: she wasn't she also in Doctor Who? You said
0: no. It's, you were I wrong. always confuse her <laughs> with the woman who played the Prime Minister in uh, Doctor Who. Okay, okay. They both have very similar faces.
1: Was she in Game of Thrones, or am I crazy?
0: I don't think she was... She might have been in Game of Thrones. I know she was in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. She played Aunt Petunia.
1: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: And also like who wasn't in Game of Thrones. I know
1: that's kind of why that's kind of why I'm like it's it's almost like how every Broadway actor has been on SVU. Yeah. In some capacity. Yes. I kind of just assume that I've been on SVU. Everyone yeah, as an extra whether you've known it or not. Yes. Um yeah, I, I just kind of assume that even even as like a minor character, mm-hmm. every every um everyone who was in Harry Potter has been <laughs>
0: <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's not wrong.
1: I mean, it's a lot of them. Again, it's just like the Broadway actors being on SVU. It just, it's proximity.
0: The British Isles are small. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like.
1: Yeah. So. Um,
0: yeah. And you would, if you know Edward Holcroft, you would know him from Kingsman, mm-hmm. the Kingsman movies. I saw like 15 minutes of one of them. They seem fun. Sure. Tomorrow Lawrence uh, is pretty new to the scene. Mm hmm she uh has only yeah only been around like acting for i guess like the last five years at least on screen Mm -hmm. and a lot of it has been uh she seems to be more from the theater background uh so it's been you know she was in um a taping of twelfth night as viola dope. oh my god i would love to see that uh two gentlemen of verona as julia Mm -hmm. so yeah it seems like as, as best i can dig up she's uh there's not a lot. So I'll back this up. There's not a lot of information on this movie. True. Um, it is very new. So, you know, maybe there haven't been interviews done. And, you know, co- it was released during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was only, it only came out in uh, November of last year. So it's only been out for a few months now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not a lot of information there. Right. Um, not a lot of time for interviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or plenty of time, but not a lot of safety, you know? Yeah. We have Jack Loudon or Loden. I don't know how to say British words. Um, he plays Thomas, which we finally find out in the third act of the movie is Ben's stepbrother and Margaret's stepson. I was so distracted stepson.
1: because they they uh. treated him like such an outsider. And, and he, he kept saying... He's not my brother. We're not family. I don't know. Maybe maybe other people are smarter than than me. And I mean,
0: we had guessed he was his stepbrother, but like it,
1: it was just a weird treatment of it, and it never was directly addressed until like the last third of the movie, maybe. Yeah, because so, he had like
0: courtesan vibes or like paramour vibes, you know, like
1: yeah, it was. It- it's just like it was very distracting. We'll we'll definitely get into that a little bit later, but like, I don't know. I just I, I kept every single time he was on the screen we would just scream like, Who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> Until he tells like his life story.
0: Yeah. Um, And then in our supporting cast, we have Anton Lesser as Dr. Richards. Uh, He keeps playing creepy doctors. He's
1: very good at (laughs) it. Because he
0: was Kyburn in Game of Thrones. That's
1: right. He's very good at it.
0: And then we have Chloe Peary as Jane. That's uh, Charlotte's friend and co-worker at the Horse Barn.
1: And traitor.
0: Yes. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what this whole episode is.
0: True, so. true, 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 true. It's but what we um, do. yeah, you would know her most recently <laughs> from The Queen's Gambit as Alice Harmon
1: and Black uh, Mirror.
0: Yes, she was. Uh, she played Gwendolyn Harris. The uh, so she was in the um, the episode The Waldo Moment, mm-hmm. which I think you haven't seen. I've seen a couple times. Yeah. Um it's okay. Yeah, I um, haven't
1: seen all of Black Mirror. I've only seen like. I don't know. I think BuzzFeed came out with like the top 12 (sighs) episodes you should watch. And I was like, okay, great.
0: BuzzFeed can get bent. Um, (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Their news section is good. I'll say that. But yeah, it was uh, the episode, the Waldo moment that turned out to be somewhat prescient as a satire, as a political satire. Mm -hmm. Um, Charlie Booker has talked about it um, as accidentally kind of predicting the sort of things that Trump would do. But that's what good sci-fi is, is not predicting so much as saying like, hey, this is what it's why we call it speculative fiction, right? Right. You look at the, cl- the the way things could logically go. Yeah. It, given certain givens. But it's the one where there's a cartoon blue bear running for office as a joke to point out how shitty the political system is. And right. Ends up, and Gwendolyn Harris, played by Chloe Perry, is like one of his main opponents in the this like parliamentary runoff election. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is the first um, collaboration between Joe Marcantonio and uh, Jason McColgan. Mm-hmm um as writer as co-writers uh or anything that i can tell it's also mark antonio's first feature um he's been working for about 10 years Mm -hmm. Um, i'm gonna guess a lot of those were like early film student things and then and then he's also done uh documentary shorts that have been really well received Uh, but yeah he's done he's done a lot of shorts and then this is his first feature nice yeah um it feels like one i can say that Um, yeah up top it definitely feels like a first feature it's not a there's there's some weird pacing issues that I think are just filled out with vibe as opposed to information. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I said, there's not a lot of information on the background of this movie or any sort of production stuff. Yeah, um, I know it was filmed in Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and it yeah it was a it had a very small theater release because it came out in 2020. Which it's wild that it came out in any theaters last year.
1: Yeah, it says it says box office eight thousand nine hundred and twenty one. Yeah, so
0: which I mean is higher That's... than most. Movies.
1: I mean, yeah, and again, again, we have to think of the the learning curve, I guess you could call it, of of, of a movie coming out during a pandemic. Right. So.
0: But yeah, it came out uh, uh, first week in November. Yeah. Last year, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. There was a nice little uh, cameo appearance from a Pakistani British actor mm-hmm. or Ca- Pakistani Scottish actor that I really like, uh, Kieran Sonia Sawar.
1: Was she the nurse in the end?
0: Uh, no, she's the...
1: Oh, she's the nurse in the beginning. Or the doctor.
0: The, yeah, she's the, the ultrasound tech.
1: That's right. That's yeah, so right. she was
0: also in Black Mirror. She was in Crocodile, which mm. is a really good episode. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's, again, if you live in... The, if you're an actor in the UK, you've been in Game of Thrones and Black Mirror.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, get that bread. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're between a certain age range, you definitely were in both of those <laughs> yeah, shows. Um so yeah, um it's been uh, it, it's got kind of like middling reviews from everywhere.
1: Yeah. Two um, or three stars out of 5 is what I've seen.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing, you know, an average of a B to B minus. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting movie. Um we can talk we'll obviously talk more about it after you sort of run us through um the plot. Um, so yeah, I guess the last couple things I, before we get into the plot is uh, it was produced by Dominic Norris and one of the actors Jack Loudon or Loudon, don't know how to say it, or Luton. I recently found out that you can say that you say a certain town um, in the Midlands that's spelled like L O U T O N is Luton, not I mean, Lauton, but I mean, Luton. L O U Luton.
1: L-O-U, Lou. Yeah,
0: let me see if I can get Jake like, Hamerhand's like, voice in my head. Like Lulu. Luton. Luton. Luton
1: yeah no that makes sense I mean think about uh, like the shoe brand Louboutin Lou
0: Louboutin Uh, yeah 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 Yeah. it's a French holdover for sure Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought it was funny because it looks like lout like the way you say L-O-U-T would be lout so I would think it was louton but it's again I'm trying to do Hanrahan's voice here (laughs) louton it was good I, I've been working on my Midlands accent.
1: <laughs> I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I miss doing dialect work and coaching dialects, so I've just been doing it to myself again. <laughs> love it. Love it. Masturbatory it's... dialect coaching.
1: <laughs> just like talking to yourself. I it love it.
0: It is exactly that. I'm here alone a lot. Music was from Natalie Holt and Jack Halama.
1: Which I'll say, I think they did a really um, good job with what they what they had by using... They, they used a Debussy piece and
0: a Bach piece. A Bach piece. Yeah.
1: And they were two piano pieces that generally are things that you would describe as serene. Or, yes. you know what I mean? And, and, and to have that idea and you brought up like the, the thing like it, good on them for using music. That's like in the public domain. Yeah. Keeps like, your budget low. Dude. It, yeah. Yeah. The, no, that's, that's smart because it also, there was a really good effect. There's a really good sinister connotation that, Serene music can have when it's put Mm -hmm. in the right setting and I think that that was done really This is a perfect example of that where you're in this like really creepy situation But you're hearing this very serene music so it almost adds to the aesthetic of it instead of distracting from it because it makes it It makes the song mean something completely different. Yes, and then the other music is a genre that I like to call sounds like bees
0: (laughs) it's uh that swarming that, that it, does, sound? it opens with that yes it's a very in good use movies? yes it's a very good use of cello <laughs> and violin to and, <laughs> sounds like bees and a very staccato and rough uh bowing anyway i could get into all of that but what i do want to get into on music wise just to back you up on that 100 percent is mm-hmm. that um i believe the buck PC uses cello suite number one in g minor right
1: I think so, and then is it's one it? of
0: the most famous ones.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the Debussy piece is just Claire, Claire de la Lune, right? Mm-hmm. It's. Something that everyone has heard Whether they know it or not Yeah Yeah Everyone has heard
0: it But the performance One, the performance of that is fantastic Because it is um, Jack Loden and uh, Tamara Lawrence Playing it together
1: Yeah, a little duet piano moment Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. both clearly
0: know how to play it Like you're watching their hands And you actually see their faces in the shot So it's not like a Texas switch Or anything like that
1: Yeah, he's Um, doing the left hand She comes in on the right mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And they're both Yeah, they're playing it in harmony It's very beautiful
1: Yeah, it's a really nice moment
0: Yeah Um, But on top of that, the performance of the Black Piece is... I feel like it had to be fresh. I didn't finish watching the credits on it. Mm -hmm. I meant to, and I just was exhausted because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning.
1: It sure was. After
0: working forever yesterday. And so I, I was i meant to look at it but it felt like a newer performance because it felt like the certain strikes on the low low notes Mm -hmm. were intentionally sinister whereas that piece is very uplifting it's very like people use it as like the montage of like i'm getting my shit together yeah i mean it's very very commonly used for that is to the point that it's a trope that you can like look up yeah is a bach montage and totally um i think that's the name of the trope anyway um, but it felt like there were a lot of really beautiful, stri- but like sinister strikes on the, the lower notes when there's, a, yeah. you know, when it, when it gets to that bit. Everybody knows this piece. So like, yeah, there's like it's usually a little softer bowing. I'm imitating doing a cello right now. Um, but there's I have seen performances of this where it's sort of a take on what this could sound like because it's not written in the music.
1: The downbeat was taken heavier. I yes, think is what you're it, trying yeah, to yeah. say. It's, it's a
0: hard strike instead of yeah. a slower, softer bowing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's it's very intentional and I think I I agree with you. I think that that really added to kind of what I what I was saying where mm-hmm. where these serene pieces or or the montage of getting your shit together yeah. has been turned into something completely sinister.
0: Dream a little dream of me is right in there twice. Oh, yeah, and
1: he sings it at the end too, which again is a, a song that's you know sung as a lullaby. It's mm-hmm. a song that um, is just generally very easy to listen to. But when it's put in this context, it's entirely, entirely sinister. And yes. I, I I really appreciate that part. So bravo to um, Natalie Holton Jack ha- Halama who did the music.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some pretty good cinematography. Some interesting choices. Um, some of them feel a little amateur. But this is an amateur film uh, from Carlos Catalan.
1: Yeah, some of the shots were absolutely beautiful. There's one of a car driving through and it's just um sandwiched between two very vibrant green patches of grass mm. as it's going up the road. That I was like I was like, "Oh, that's beautiful." And then there's um there's some interesting choices of slow zooms and then there's there's an interesting choice of when um I think it's
0: it's Margaret and uh, it's Charlotte Margaret and yeah. Charlotte.
1: Charlotte standing up, Margaret sitting down on the bed, and you can only see, you can only see Margaret. Mm-hmm. You can you you can see Charlotte's chin, but the rest of her head is cut off. Right. And then there's a very very slow pan up. Um, you can always see Margaret's eyes, but it's a very slow pan up to where you can see Charlotte, and that's obviously. Um, about power dynamics and all of that because that's what this movie is about. But when I first saw it, I was like, huh, that's a, that's an interesting shot choice because you can't you can't see both of the speakers at the same time and they're talking to each other.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an ugly shot. Yeah. Um, usually you would do it wider. That's so what this I was is a thinking. Very, it's a very tight shot. Um, I know we're doing a lot of like sort of analysis of the production right now, but it kind of feels like where we should be at this moment. Uh, so fuck it, I'm going with it. Yeah, typically what you would have is a wider shot here Mm -hmm. that would do that pan up, yeah, so that you could see more. But it's a very tight, almost square shot. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't. It is you know a rectangle. Although squares are rectangles, but don't fucking at me. Um,
1: (laughs) Geometry with Topher.
0: God. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a much tighter, squatter, or like taller rectangle than you would imagine it would be given the format of the rest of the film, right? Yes. The rest of the film is shot kind of in your sort of standard anamorphic to, uh, to, 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 to I can't remember the aspect ratios right now. It's it's basically shot mostly in four one, right? Yeah. Um, a, a standard widescreen. And there are choices made where it's not shot like that, and it's very confusing, and I don't know what to do about it. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's definitely one of those things of like, I really wish I knew why you were doing this, but I don't, so that's okay. Yes. Yeah. It, they, like I said, there were some really brilliant choices and some kind of like yee choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's what happens. And it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. This movie definitely <laughs> felt very um, art, like art indie film school student.
0: It's very film school.
1: Yeah. Because it's, again, like you said, it's a lot of vibe and aesthetics over information. Hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into a deeper analysis of that in just a second.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that wraps up for you know a lot of the stuff in the production that we know of. <laughs> I uh, I know we don't always do all of those sort of like, uh, I guess, technical analysis stuff up top. Um, but I wanted to because I want to spend our third portion focusing on thematic analysis and uh, and the success and sexes, successes and failures of the film.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you want to take us away on plot, then please do, my love.
1: All right. Here we go.
0: Plot so, time.
1: Plot time. So we have a couple, Charlotte and Ben. They live in a cute little cottage mm-hmm. uh, together. They're they're pretty they're pretty happy together. They're living their lovers' lives. Um, they're planning on moving to Australia together. Very mm-hmm. cute. And they go and see Ben's mother, Margaret. Yes. Um. And we we kind of get a sense that he's not close with his mother. They're they're kind of dreading going. And we get this kind of funny, little joke with Charlotte saying like, "Oh, if they make me quiche one more time, because she's vegetarian." Yes. Um. It's unclear whether he is as well, but we know that she is. Um. She makes this joke, you know, like, "Oh, that's all vegetarians eat, of course, is quiche, because they just <laughs> that's all they know to make her when she goes." So I've never
0: had a quiche.
1: Yes, you have. <laughs> My God! So we we're at this like very Victorian-looking like giant estate.
0: We're getting Miss Havisham vibes. It's yeah, dilapidated. It, it is not doing well. She keeps commenting on the state of the grass.
1: Yeah, how it's. She says something like it's it's embarrassing or state of the grass.
0: It's embarrassing.
1: It's something like that. Yeah. Um. I don't know if she says that, but uh. So it's it's yeah it's it's a little busted. It's been you know run down. And Margaret has a cane. We learn later that she has a shattered hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet Thomas, who we both were like, who are you? Because oh Ben God. keeps saying, like, he's not my brother. He's not my brother. Which, again, maybe I should have just been like, oh, yeah, that directly means stepbrother. But it's it's unclear. They don't treat him like.
0: But how is he a stepbrother if they never kiss? I don't know. Because according to the Internet, that's all that step family does is kiss.
1: God, I hate. I hate that. Not here to kink shame, but I hate that. That's personally, fair. it's just not my thing. Um,
0: and yet, it's all there is. <laughs> on yeah,
1: on the front page anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. So we instantly get you know it's it's just a very sterile vibe and it's awkward and it's there's a lot of contempt clearly with with Margaret it's towards intense, yeah. it's, it's it's not good. And, um, So he breaks the news that they're moving, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you can move into this. You know, some um, someone else is moving nearby. You can move into their place." And he's like, "No, we can take another mansion. Yeah, something like that." And and he's like, "No, we're moving to Australia." And um, she's like, "No, you're not. You you cannot leave this place." Like she gets she she gets very irrationally angry so many times in this film where she just starts yelling,
0: banging her cane, banging
1: her cane, yelling, um,
0: smashing doors.
1: Yeah, she's she's not a happy woman.
0: He mentions the nine generations too that have lived yes. in this house, which uh, let's <laughs> see, house generational in wealth. Yeah, a house in Scotland and the UK in general. Nine generations that takes us back hmm, quite a while. Let's see. It's very sus. <laughs> Let's see who. Yep. Nope. There's blood on their hands. <laughs> Just so much of it. Covered yeah. There's in it, clearly drenched.
1: the the family history here is clearly loaded, and we don't really get an explanation ever, which is kind of crazy. Like you 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 spend most of the movie wanting to know what the fuck is up with this family. Why is this estate so important? Which I get it. It's 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 an asset to the family that they don't want to lose and everything. But I don't know. It feels like there's something more. Um, um,
0: but if it's so important, why does it look like shit?
1: I know, right? It's
0: because it's they it's that generational thing. They don't actually have money anymore. They just have status, right? Yes, it's yes. It's uh, Pride and Prejudice, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And Thomas just cooks, I guess. He just makes quiche. Um, <laughs> and
0: quiche and pot roast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then we kind of get this uh, bird symbolism. Um, lots
0: of it, yeah. Lots
1: of it. Like, it, it happens in the beginning. We open with a bird shot. Um, and then... We we see Charlotte have a moment with a bird.
0: Yeah, she's just chilling with a raven.
1: Yeah, the ravens, you know, squawking at her, and she's just kind of walking towards it. She's drawn to it for some reason, and then She just wants to be friends, I guess. And then Thomas um, interrupts and is like, "The quiche is ready," and she's like, "Great, I'm cool." Um, and then they decide to leave because this the fight yeah. the fight the reveal of them moving to australia did was not taken well so they leave and then we get charlotte working at she works on a farm or horse a barn. horse barn yeah. some something like that and and she her this is where we meet her friend jane jane comes up to her and is like are you feeling okay like you don't look great and she's like i'm kind of dizzy and then she pukes
0: just a full on projectile yak
1: yeah and she's like um let's get you to a hospital uh, so she goes to the hospital, and this is where we meet creepy doctor, mm-hmm. Dr. Richards, um, who plays like the gyno, basically. Um, yeah,
0: he's just the all-around family doctor.
1: <laughs> AKA like Dr. Saperstein in um, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. We're already making that connection.
0: I thought you meant in fucking Parks and Rec, and I forgot.
1: No, there, there's, there's so many doctors named Dr. Saperstein in media it's That's kind wild, of ridiculous I, oh, I, oh,
0: I had a, I had Henry Winkler in my head because he's also a gyno named yeah dr Saperstein. So I that, don't
1: know if it's a direct reference to anything I mean, how is it not? but there's a lot there are a lot of Sapersteins in in media as doctors hmm. so this is where we meet him and he's like well I'm pretty I'm pretty positive you're pregnant which I don't think I don't think doctors are allowed to kind of give you that sort of information without like, all he knew about her was that she was dizzy and she threw up.
0: And she didn't know when she had her last period, and...
1: Yeah, but she's, she tells him she's on the pill. Yes. Um, which already makes this a horror film for me, guys. Um, <laughs> that's terrifying. And... I don't know. I, I kind of. I mean, he says he we're going to do some blood tests and everything to make sure we think you're pregnant. Maybe that is normal now that, that I seems think about it. Normal, yeah. I think maybe here's I my just,
0: guess, and we'll check on what's going on. I think so I was just so. Yeah. I was just
1: so shocked that I was like, "Oh God, um, you can't say that to me." <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> How dare you!
1: But what definitely is rude and illegal on <sighs> so many illegal. on so many levels is. He, first of all, this is the rude part of it. He, first of all, she, her first reaction is, I don't want it. Yeah. What do I do? How I don't, do I get wa- I don't want it. Yeah. I, 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 I will get one right now. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want it. I'm already at the hospital. Let's go. And he's like, oh, well, why don't you go home and talk to um, Ben and see how you really feel about it? That's rude. Don't you fucking. It's her body. So already, already we're, we're being set up her for her. You know, her autonomy is just it's, thousand percent. it's, it's already it's out the window. Yeah. She is a baby machine at this point. She is mm-hmm. not a human anymore. Um. That's very clear. And um. so she goes home. And here's where the illegal part comes in. Ben already knows. Ben is like, oh, my God. And he brings her like a teddy bear and flowers. And she's like, what? How, how do you know? And he's like, the doctor called my mom and my mom called me and she was like, I could have him like fired and yeah, you know, arrested for He could lose his that. job, he yeah. Could, like all of this shit and I was like, yeah, girl, like you should probably do that right now. Just do
0: it now. You'll save yourself a lot of trouble.
1: This movie would end right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can
0: go to bed early.
1: Yeah, and like, well, we wouldn't have anything to talk about though. But like, so highly illegal on on in any country on any count. Like it, it's highly, you can't do that. That's nope. patient confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go back to the mansion, the estate, and <laughs> Margaret's like, "Well, you you have to keep it. Like it's bloodline. It's the family. It's I'm like, you will
0: not steal my grandchild."
1: Oh Jesus, she's so scary. Again, loss of autonomy, mm-hmm. and she's and 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 uh charlotte's just like uh no i'm not fit to be a mother i don't even know where to start i can't do this and then they they leave again in in a huff
0: yeah and on top of that she tells margaret like this baby is much like a bunch of chips covered in cheese and jalapenos it's nachos
1: yeah so bugger off um and then we get weird thomas come come out like knock on the window like congratulations guys and, and Ben's got
0: the window like three inches down.
1: And then he just puts it back up. And Charlotte's like, why are you so mean to him? And us at home are like, who is he?
0: Yeah. Um, who is this motherfucker?
1: Who just like inserts himself in everything. and everything. He pops
0: out of nowhere constantly. All
1: the time. He's he's like a hawk. He just like circles the house and like sees what's going on.
0: See, I'm getting secret passage vibes from him. Yeah.
1: So we're back at the um, horse horse barn barn that's where horses live that's where horses live oh my god i'm losing it it's Um, four
0: letters it's it's a very short word to remember
1: look you can't remember how to tie your shoes rude but fair (laughs) um so col
0: hood guarantee
1: (laughs) true so we're back at the horse house (sighs) Barn. You're we're back at the horse barn. <laughs> we're back. We're back at the horse barn, guys. I've, I've, I've not had a stroke yet. Uh, we're back at the horse barn, and Jane is like, is like, where, where is? You? Oh, they have like a talk, you know, about like, are, mm-hmm. are, are you going to keep it? And, and she's like, well, I don't know. Like, my mom, you know, we, we get hints that her mom was not great and that you know something yeah. happened it probably you know she she tells us later that it's like postpartum depression and she had um and
0: psychosis yeah
1: yeah like per, what was it called like perinatal psychosis so or something it's, um
0: yeah antenatal and postpartum psychosis um as yeah. well as postpartum depression yeah
1: yeah which again is is like a a socio economical trope, right there.
0: Yeah, that that her, that her child is taken away. I've I yes. several friends who have had postpartum depression and are able to keep their children.
1: Yes, exactly. So it's, it's it we've got kind of a comment there from the writers and directors, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of talking about like you know oh, I don't I don't want to keep it like this whole thing, but she's a little more conflicted about it now. It's not like an absolute no for her. So then, um, even though she is
0: like keeps stealing the cigarette from Jane.
1: Yeah, and she's drinking wine. She's just like, you know, I, I there's no way I'm I'm going to keep this. It's it's kind of funny she goes straight to the bar after she
0: and chugs. And
1: chugs wine right after she finds out. Um I'm like
0: same. So, um <laughs> You know what? It worked in the 60s. Yeah, you know. Well, mm. <laughs> 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 so maybe I don't want to make that joke. Um. So
1: Ben shows up on the uh, at the horse barn and we find out that um, Jane is like you know this horse just hasn't been
0: hasn't been herself hasn't
1: been herself and um, I was reading online they were like they're like he's such an unconvincing vet tech because he he can't even hold his his bag correctly so they were like no wonder this horse drop kicked him in the face for his ineptitude
0: I didn't see that review but that's amazing (laughs)
1: yeah someone it was like a comment it wasn't even a review it was just like a
0: comment Um,
1: it was funny though Uh, but but no it's it's true so he he goes he, he goes to like check out this horse who hasn't been themselves lately according to Jane and then we get like a, um, a scream. You know, like call someone, call someone. And and Jane's like, no, there's no time. We have to like get him out. He's clearly he has She's like kicked a,
0: his face in. Oh
1: my god, yeah, he has a very serious facial wound, and he's just open bleeding in the back of uh, back seat of the car. Yeah, and and, that's little
0: free bleed. We all get, we all need one now and again. Well, right? and
1: and Charlotte's got his blood all over her hands, and I totally fully understand how this would be a very tough thing to do like she's not putting pressure on his head
0: it's so gone. she has
1: a rag and it's and she's she just like she gets kind of caught up in 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 her own her own emotions and it's kind of like it just puts her hand over her head and I'm like girl apply pressure
0: <laughs> he's not gonna make it if he's you don't gonna, keep like, that just, blood in his body this
1: is very imperative but she uh, she just can't which I mean I partially understand because like you're never allowed to die I've already told you that you're yeah, not allowed
0: yeah yeah no I've, I've made a vow
1: yeah it's, you're not allowed um, but like she's uh, and you're they, not allowed
0: to get me pregnant and die Okay, and leave me with a crazy mother in a Victorian mansion
1: I can guarantee you two of those things will never happen <laughs> um, like guarantee <laughs> um, okay so we're at the hospital and of course we get the dreaded words of I'm so sorry we did everything we could but worst, the worst damage the, world, yeah. the damage was too great and the mother is there, um, of course. Thomas is there. Thomas's ass, he's there, nosy as hell.
0: Hopping um, out of nowhere,
1: just there. So she she blames it on Charlotte, and Charlotte <laughs> just pushes her to the ground, starts fucking choking her. And Good for her. I, yeah, I kind of was like rooting for her a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but again. The rest of this movie would not have happened if she had just killed that lady in the hospital. She would have gone to jail.
0: Oh, God. Good for Um,
1: her. Yeah. And then um, she runs away. Charlotte does. Um, She runs away. um, And then she faints, actually. Mm -hmm. She passes out. Just collapses. Just collapses. And she wakes up in the mansion with thomas's nosy ass like in her room being like oh you've been asleep for a few days you were exhausted um here's you know some some drugged tea or whatever yeah also um,
0: she's not wearing a shirt and i'm gonna guess thomas undressed her yeah she's just in her bra in the bed she
1: finally comes downstairs for some food. She tries to get some answers. Like, you yeah. know, where are my things? Where's, do you have my phone? Like, what's my going shoes, on? My like... shoes. Like, I'm missing, like, everything. I'm, I don't know what's going on. And they were like, oh, your phone broke. I think it fell out of your pocket or whatever when you ran away or fainted or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and she's like, oh, fuck. And, and Thomas is like, I can fix it. The next, or I can get it fixed the next time I'm in town. And she was like, that would be great. Thank you they they give her meat and she's like uh and and yeah. they just like put the meat in the trash and just give her the vegetables um <laughs> typical typical non-vegetarian move here yeah um and so she's really just trying to collect what the hell is going on she keeps saying she wants to go home i mean understandably and Margaret says that they've they foreclosed on the house. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, "What? That was my house." And she, and he, she's insistent on saying like Ben's house, like it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. Um which again, rude. <laughs> Margaret's resentment towards Charlotte is very apparent throughout this entire
0: movie. It Her, starts at Jump Street, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, you can totally tell that she doesn't she did not in that um, racist way. She did not see this future for her son.
0: Ooh, yeah. Big old, There's yeah. There's
1: so many of those vibes. And also, she definitely thinks that, sh- that she's the reason that he's moving to Australia. So on top of all of that, yeah. she thinks that she's taking her son away from her. There's that weird mommy-son thing. Yes. But it's one-sided because Ben does not...
0: Doesn't seem to, yeah. Like her. Doesn't seem to at all, yeah.
1: So we find that out. She's very upset. She's we we basically spend the next couple of scenes with her trying to figure out how to get out of there.
0: Yeah, keeps asking if she can go home. Total bed rest. Oh, can I go for a walk? Total bed rest. Can yeah. I wear shoes? Total bed rest. It's too cold. It's this, this, that. It's it's a whole lot of yeah. Just them telling her, you cannot leave because X, Y, Z, and we start, then we, then we move into like the escape portion. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, we can kind of gloss over that whole bit. It's worth watching in that moment, but it's not so worth describing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like they won't let her go get scans at the doctor. And finally she says, I'll walk there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she's like, okay, fine. Um, Thomas will take you. Margaret says this. So they go, they go to the doctor and um, she's getting an ultrasound and she asks, uh thomas if she can go he, if he can go get her some water and while this is happening she confides in the ultrasound tech
0: mm-hmm. saying
1: you know like they won't let me do anything they won't let me leave like i need your help and she's like okay let me go get somebody and guess who she gets just in rosemary's baby fashion she gets dr richards and she's like he's not my doctor he's not my doctor and then she gets taken back home by thomas and this is when the real escape plan happens she uh steals the keys, very silently, which like props, mad yes, props. Yes,
0: very well done. She
1: steals the keys and she she steals his phone too because she, she has his phone to call Jane.
0: Yeah, so she steals the keys first, then wakes up at the crack of dawn yes. when she thinks everybody will be asleep and on her way out of this creaky, I don't know how she snuck out of a creaky right? ass house, but na nabs thomas's phone yes. as yes well.
1: so she jumps in the car and right as she's walking to the car of course fucking nosy ass thomas is like banging on the window like charlotte don't leave don't leave but she you know gets her ass in that car starts it and i'm thinking how are you gonna get beyond this gate it is padlocked like this gate has a lock on it she has mm-hmm. the keys to it but like when you think about it she has to get out of the car just go unlock it and all this stuff
0: only a couple yard a couple only a couple hundred yards on him anyway too you know in the yeah. time that it takes for her to unlock it um Open the gate, get back in the car, turn it on, and drive away. He's he's on her.
1: He's on her, yeah. Because he started following her, chasing her, um, while she's driving down the driveway. So she does the smart thing of locking the gate back with the padlock and has the keys. Mm-hmm. So she calls Jane, and Jane is like, "Okay, meet me where I gave you riding lessons." So right. she finds that spot. She's kind of hiding behind some brush and is hiding every single time she hears a car, just in case it's you know somebody who could you know who would take her back. Um, yeah. So then she Jane she's with Jane in the car. Um, they're kind of talking. And then we have this like heartbreaking realization that Jane is driving her back to the estate. Yep. So there's kind of like she this. She starts
0: punching the shit out of Jane, banging on the windows, Yeah, screaming. it's a
1: really, really tough scene to watch. And I think it was, it, it's kind of like that. It's never directly addressed, but... It's kind of that similar thing to Rosemary's Baby again where there's it's more of that satanic panic stuff of they've made a deal with the devil and anyone... It feels that way. And yeah. how they suck in Guy, her husband, yeah um, and all of these things. It's, it kind of feels that way here where it's like, oh, so Jane was... Jane got guide.
0: Yeah, because you know? she makes a comment early in the movie. The first time we meet her, she's like, "I'm gonna have to start giving writing lessons to kids to keep this place afloat."
1: Exactly. So that's probably was the trading chip. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine we don't see anything like this, but or
0: Jane genuinely cares about her and thinks that thinks it's the Charlotte best for is her. sick. Yeah, yeah,
1: maybe, maybe. But if this movie is um taken from Rosemary's Baby, which it very overtly is, I I have to imagine there's some sort of dealings with. The devil here, and I don't. Someone yeah, has yeah, promised yeah. someone something if they get this child.
0: I mean, they're, they're British uh, gentry. They have absolutely made a deal with the devil if they've made a deal with the British crown right. to be gentry. Right,
1: right. <laughs> right. So. Um, there's a little bit of that, but she, then Thomas grabs her out of the car. She's, you know, kicking and screaming and all of this stuff. She fights all the way to the front door. Then she's thrown into the dilapidated nursery. It's looking pretty rough. Um, paint is all chipped off. It's just, it's not good. And she's, you know, she's, she's screaming. She's all throughout this. She's having weird dreams about birds pretty much.
0: Oh, and the, and that she brings that up to the, to the, uh, ultrasound tech and she says, I had when I was pregnant. I had them, but clowns. And I was like, I just Ooh. love the way that mid mid uh, mid region Scotland says clowns. And clones. yeah, clowns.
1: You Miss me with the clowns, like no, <laughs> I would rather dream about birds than clowns. Uh, yeah, but, birds are dope. They're adorable. Yeah, until they peck your eyes out. But anyway, um, so she's back in this room that is like locked as hell. And she's like, I need to like, please let me out. Please let me out. Then Margaret's the one that opens the door. Yeah. And she's like, you're a troublemaker and all this stuff. And then we we kind of get this, um, not really, like, montage, but, like, she's in here for a while.
0: Yeah, we get passage of time moments.
1: Yes. And um, she keeps keeps saying that she, you know, feels dizzy. She feels just like she doesn't know what's going on. And she's very foggy. And she finds, like, a tablet, like a not-all-the-way-dissolved tablet in one of the teacups that Mm -hmm. um, Thomas gives her. And... And then we get one day where she sees that Margaret has gone out, and Thomas comes in. And he's like, "She's gone all afternoon. I'm making us lunch." So she goes and sits at the table and eats eats lunch. Um, it's unclear whether it's a quiche or not. It might be. Um, and and she she takes a steak knife.
0: Yeah, we, we get, get our the, yeah
1: we get our Rosemary's Baby knife scene, except mm-hmm. for with a smaller knife
0: down to the robe and everything. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so she's clearly you know she's still plan. she's still got like some fight left in her she's she's clearly planning something and she margaret comes in and talks to her and she's like come closer come closer and she's got like the knife and everything um there's also this weird undercurrent of like thomas wants to be the father to this baby like he he wants them to be together
0: yeah, he. we see him, like, she's playing him.
1: She's playing him, yes, very clearly. Both
0: Margaret and Charlotte, she's. But uh, Charlotte is playing him because she sees his weakness, and this is when they have the conversation about their past. This is when we learn about yes. her mother and his father. Which who, he killed. Yes, his yes. father was a violent, abusive drunk who beat Thomas until he married Margaret and then beat Margaret so bad. That's how she shattered her hip. Correct. While she was in the hospital, Thomas found him passed out on the stairs, so he dragged him out to the middle of the field, And the combine harvesters were coming through the next morning and they would never even notice that they had hit a drunk old bastard. Yep. And Thomas does a a few very good Kubrick stairs in here. There's a couple (laughs) really good Kubrick stairs, which if you don't know the Kubrick stair, here's a little fun fact for you. It's been going around on TikTok lately, uh, like demonstrating how you can do it. But basically get in front of a mirror or your phone, tilt your head down, and then look through your eyebrows so to put uh, ro- roll your eyes up towards your eyebrows and smile
1: oh yeah this that's um, the Kubrick stare this when I was in if any of you know Gavin Gavin Creel he's a mm-hmm. huge Broadway star I think he's also been in um, TV film at this point yeah definitely but when I was in high school I did a bunch of like master classes with him through the Broadway Dreams Foundation and he he was coaching someone on a song and he was like I'm gonna tell you a secret here's how you become an instant badass when you're when you're like singing something sinister or yeah, acting, you know. In yeah. this way, he's like tilt your head down and turn your gaze up. Yep. And he was like instant.
0: It's fantastic. Instant badass. Yeah. And you throw the smile <laughs> in, and that's the Kubrick stare. <laughs> and
1: I always love that. That's like stuck with me from high school. Oh, it's
0: brilliant. I've used it in yeah, everything I've directed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, they have that whole shared moment. They have the piano moment, and yeah. So Charlotte's been playing Thomas oh, and yeah. like getting his uh his his little Thomas up. Yep. For her so that she can manipulate him. Mhm. It that sounds wronger than it actually is. On her part, it's just ingenuity on her part.
1: She has a one-track mind. She just wants to get the fuck out of there. She and doesn't that's a even great have track any track to be on. She doesn't even have anywhere to go per se. Yeah. She just wants to get out of there and she also learns that like she's not going to be going to the hospital to have the baby. She's yeah. going to be having it at the estate and she's like, "No, I you can't do that. I don't want that." Mm-hmm. Um I don't want Dr. Richards to look over me even. I don't I don't want any of this. And pretty much like you know Margaret's like tough. It's not your choice. And it's yeah. just I mean that's just another really heartbreaking moment of like she's a baby machine at this point. She has no autonomy over her body.
0: The only times it's... they talk about how she's doing is just to tell her that she's sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they gaslight her to the T. Like you, there is no mistaking whether this is whether she's being gaslit or not. Yeah. Like
0: I'm just realizing, oh my god, Thomas is totally Norman Bates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I
0: just I I was like I was getting vibes and I couldn't figure out what they were, and I was like, oh my god, it's Norman Bates. It's Sorry, I creepy, just, it just happened. Yeah. It's that creepy mommy son thing. Speaking of Kubrick stairs, he gets one.
1: Yeah. So she has the knife. We have another kind of like escape plan, obviously. And Mm -hmm. she, Margaret comes in and talks to her and she's like, come closer. I need to tell you something. And she like kind of comes closer and then she's like closer. And Margaret's, we don't know. We've got like, you know, the, the, the swelling moment of like, is she going to stab her? Is she not? What's going to happen? And then Margaret just goes, I don't have any interest in anything you would have to say to me and (laughs) leaves. So then we get Charlotte like screaming. Thomas comes in, she's bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I we don't have time. Yeah, I, I I have to go to the hospital. Like, take me to the hospital yeah, now. Yeah, she's
0: made it look like she's
1: she's like miscarrying. Yeah, and so he gets her in the car, and and this is when he like admits to giving her like basically sedatives. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, I didn't know like this would happen. Like, I just we thought you would sleep better. Like, nah. And she's like, like What did the, you give me? Yeah. And he um, won't say.
0: She's like, It was just to help you sleep. And yeah. Like, Fuck off, bro.
1: Ah, God. So then we can't
0: drug someone with good intentions. Yeah, no. If you're not a medical professional, like fuck off. (laughs) Yeah,
1: especially not um, without their consent. Yes. So we get the image of what we think has happened. We get it confirmed where she has cut. She sliced her hand or her wrist or something. Her hand. She sliced her hand, and you know, kind of just put that on her, you know, baby area, and. um and we're
0: already an explicit podcast you could say her
1: baby area what am i a second grade teacher like what is this on her vagina oh my god that makes me think of rat race yes he's like for the for the vagina when when cuba gooding jr (laughs) is like trying to get that that poor bus driver's clothes (laughs) a pregnant lucy on the bus um anyway if if you haven't seen rat race you you totally have no idea what i'm talking about this is embarrassing so so she's they're in the car and she's like run run inside like there's no time like you have to go get him you have to go get him because he doesn't even take her to the hospital he takes her to like dr richard's office the medical
0: center that she's been going to you know every single time it's there it's not to a place with other people
1: yeah it's Creepy, so when he's inside, of course she she hops up in the front seat and she gets away. He runs after the car. She gets away. She's driving really fast down the road. She has a vision of Ben next in the passenger seat with her. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, keep your eyes on the road. Stop looking at you your dead are baby. Not, yeah, or you, babe, <laughs> babe. You are not scot free yet. So she's uh, she's she's driving, and then we see the
0: a murder of crows.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Is mm-hmm. that what a group of them is called? It is. I knew it. Amazing. I yeah, love there's that.
0: There's a there's a, um, I think it was Incubus who had a crow left with the murder. Of course.
1: Um, so our Black Crows or Black Ravens uh, quickly become... The Black Crows is a different band. I, I mean, I know. I actually, I love the Black Crows. Um,
0: <laughs> seen them twice. They're fine.
1: <laughs> I've seen them once. They're fun. Um, so so the 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 black ravens quickly become a sort of like red herring here um and she just wanted to
0: make that goddamn joke
1: (laughs) um it's a good one no
0: i love you for it i just as i did not see where you were going there and uh yeah
1: so it's like you hit
0: me with a wet fish
1: that's disgusting
0: that's what a herring is
1: i'm i know what a herring is i made the joke Ugh. Oh, my God. Did you
0: even really make the joke or did I make the joke?
1: Um, We can let the viewers decide. <laughs> viewers. <laughs> listeners.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Horror Babes for every week. We forget this is an entirely audio medium.
1: People keep begging for a YouTube channel, so I don't know. Um, maybe absolutely, not for long.
0: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I like looking like shit while I work. So she she flips the car because she there's too many birds, but we get kind of... <laughs> He'll keep going We just get we get like you know they're not actually there. We get flashes between what she's seeing and what is actually happening. They're yeah. not there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So the uh, the car flips over. She she wakes up in the hospital. She's actually fine. She's she only has bruising. Yeah. Um. They say, and we have this uh, nurse that's come in and she kind of tells her like, um, you are n- because of the crash and because of your medical history, you are not allowed to be alone with the child. Mm-hmm. The child is with its father. And she's like, oh, that's not possible. <laughs> Did so, you
0: bury the baby? <laughs> so who
1: who is who else would the child be with other than Thomas? And motherfucking Thomas comes into the room and she's like, no, like, give me my baby. Like, That all is this not stuff. the father.
0: This is the man yeah. who... She's trying to get out what has happened to her.
1: But like she's just been in a car wreck and probably had some drugs in the hospital. Like, come on. So this obviously doesn't help her case, unfortunately. And Thomas is able to take the baby, starts dreaming, starts singing Dream a Little Dream of Me. And we get... Kind of a nice shot of him walking down the hospital hallway that turns into the estates hallway.
0: That now looks gorgeous.
1: I know. It's completely, completely different than what it looked like for the rest of the movie. And he walks into the nursery where Margaret is and they're like, you know, they, they have the baby and um, Charlotte is has lost the baby and then it cuts immediately to credits. Yeah. And that's that's the movie.
0: Yeah, this is. um, I, Here's my quick review of this movie. Give it to me. This is a gaslighting movie about gaslighting. Right. So I'm reminded of another movie we watched recently and covered recently on the podcast, The Lodge. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a lot last night while we were watching this film, mm-hmm. but it, what The Lodge didn't do was gaslight the audience. yeah. In a way that this movie does. Mm-hmm. It does. Most horror films do. If there's some sort of twist or whatever, it does involve a certain amount of what you could term gaslighting, although I don't think it's the same thing. I think it's just obfuscation for a point. Sure. This movie is very unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, we had said up top that it does not give a lot of information, yeah. not just about the production, but about like what is what is happening in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll we'll get into a lot of this. Um, we have some specific things we want to talk about that involve this. But yeah, that's sort of my quick review is just that, like, tell me what's going on enough that I'm not unclear on who I'm rooting for, unless that's the point. And if the point is to be unclear on who you're rooting for in this movie, Jesus fucking Christ, it was supposed to be the, one of the few bits of information I did find is that it was about personal experiences, both both Mark Antonio and McColgan had. Yeah. With their, presumably their own spouses.
1: Yeah. So this movie, it's got a lot going on. It's, it's definitely steeped in horror tropes and references to different movies. We've already yeah. said Rosemary's Baby about a thousand times. There is um, a sense of get out in this movie, too. There's like I kind of refer to Thomas as a little bit of like a riffraff character from From Rocky Horror, kind of like the weights on whoever's in the home hand and foot. And even the
0: beef they serve is reminiscent of Rocky Horror because it looks like Eddie when they have that scene.
1: Yeah. So we've got him, but he's, but it's a little bit of a twist because he's, he's attractive. He's like, he's, he's charming.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's kind of like a Simon Pegg meets Ewan McGregor.
1: Yeah. So
0: kind of beefy, but in a good way, boy.
1: Exactly. And then we've got kind of like this Hitchcock or Edgar Allan Poe thing with the birds and the ravens and, and, you know, all of this that isn't really fully realized or explained except for it being a tool for her to, for her, quote unquote potential psychosis. Yeah. Um, and so there's just there's there's a lot going on where obviously this movie is trying to get you to ask the question of is she actually crazy or is the family driving her crazy or gaslighting her into thinking she's crazy because which which ends up being what happens because after she confides in Thomas about all of this stuff, thinking that she has the upper hand by getting him to open up. Yeah. so she can prey on his weakness, he ends up preying on hers. And that's how he ends up getting, that's how they end up getting custody of the child, is they say, well, her lineage, like her mother had this and this, postpartum depression, um, uh, perinatal uh, psychosis. psychosis, all of this stuff. And so that was how they were able to use that as a tool to gain rights for the, the child. Yes. yes, Um, And for her to lose hers. So there's a lot going on here, and, and, and this is before you even dive into racism this is before you dive into doctors not believing women doctors not believing black women doc- yeah. you know all of the gaslighting lack of, of a- lack of autonomy black bodies
0: not having autonomy yeah
1: yeah or them being stolen by a white woman that's mm-hmm. where the kind of get out reference comes in yes and there's this whole there's there's a power play and a power dynamic um, throughout this entire film, and also what should not be ignored is the fact that the added layer that Charlotte is a black woman in an older white woman's home, which to to would equal an unsafe space for her. Yes, especially with the contempt that Margaret feels towards Charlotte. Uh, for various, you know, bullshit racist reasons. Yeah. It is an unsafe space for Charlotte from the jump.
0: Yeah. And it's fair to say, in, or I guess in fairness, I want to say that all these issues are tied up in each other. So I understand yeah. that there is that going on, but say more. And I think, yeah. you know, we're going to, we, we do need to say, that, like the two direct, the, the director and the writers of this are white men. Yes. They are not uh, people of color from anything that I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. you know, no BIPOC situation at all, right? Yeah, this is, and I think that's where it ends up falling short. Is because the it, the experience and the understanding is not there.
1: It's already hard for men to write women. We've already talked about this a lot. Unless mm-hmm. they, I mean, some do it beautifully. I won't say you know, it's 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 across the board. But there are a lot of times where I'm just like, ooh, that's not that's that's just not hidden right. And then to add the other layer of being a black woman written by white men, it's, it's kind of... I, I think that's right. I think that's why it feels off and it misses the mark. I get what it's trying to say, but it's just not there. Yeah.
0: It doesn't hit, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it, while it is correct that all of these things are tied up in each other, mm-hmm. um, it, I think it loses any of the nuance of that. Um, It just sort of expects you to, and that's fine for you to expect your audience to be smart enough to understand what's going on. And that's okay. Yeah. Where it really gets frustrating for me. And this is why I called it a gaslighting movie about gaslighting. Yeah. We see them comment on, or rather they acknowledge the gaslighting. Yeah. But then the protagonist is actually crazy because we see that right like she is mentally unwell and now i can say yes they've been drugging her yeah uh, which can induce if you have sort of i guess i guess if you have any sort of like latent mental illness issues there are things that can set it off like i was talking with this uh, about this with a friend the other day that it it, you can induce sort of latent mental health issues that may be very manageable like it happens this is One of the reasons that people say it happens in college, that a lot of people find out that they have mental health issues and they develop them, so to speak. Yeah. But it's not developing; they're already there, but they were under control, they were managed. Yes. And they become exacerbated by stress in college, typically, and also drinking, drugs, etc.
1: Absolutely. Um.
0: And in this case, you know, it's being kept under lock and fucking key, and being told that you're not well a hundred percent of the time you have no autonomy you have no agency you don't matter except for the you know cluster of cells you're carrying
1: and on top of that the um hormones that pregnancy obviously produces. Yeah. And it's also it, it makes sense. It's 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 all anatomy and it's all science. Anything that messes with your brain chemistry is going to possibly induce something and that is exactly what, you know, the, the sedatives plus the hormones plus being gaslit plus like just being tortured.
0: I mean, being tortured. Incarcerated. Yeah.
1: yeah, essentially. And uh, so it it all makes sense and they're telling her that She's always had in the back of her mind that because her mother was that way, that she would be that way, which I don't even know if that shit is genetic. I don't know. But the fact that they're telling her that because her mother was this way, because of her medical history, yeah. it's 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 um, gaslighting her further by, by preying on her hesitations already about being a mother.
0: Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, maybe she wasn't... Uh, mentally unhealthy. you know. Maybe she didn't have a mental health disorder at the top of the film and she has one by the end, but that's not clear. Yeah. And it feels like you could have done more there. You know, it's just one of those things of like, I don't want... I'm not here to complain about movies not telling me everything that's going on. I like being asked to read a film. 100%. Yeah. But we've said this before on the podcast. There is a line where it exists exactly I can't tell you because it depends on the execution. This movie definitely fails in execution for me.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
0: At least in terms of it, the plotting, the 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 writing in general is what really fails for me and inclu- and the direction because there are so there's so much space in the movie that ends up like you said being a red herring.
1: Yeah, and it leaves you with even the questions of the fact that they put in that idea that she gets pregnant while on the pill mm-hmm. automatically makes you think like, okay, so this happened, she she goes to the doctor and finds this out right after she's told the mom that they're moving, or after they've told the mom that they're moving to Australia. Yeah. Right? So this kind of puts in your head like it's, the pill is 99% effective yes. if you take it correctly. So the fact that this happened while she was on the pill as a viewer makes you think, is there something again like a deal with the devil sort of thing like something that is almost impossible happened so yeah. is is there is there some some motive here to get them to stay in the UK Yeah. It, you know like there, there is so many things going on that isn't we're not steered in a right direction.
0: Yeah, and it's it going back in that vein and going back to something we've been talking about and sort of talking around it's a stronger move to make a movie about the black experience that doesn't involve a literal deal with the devil yes, or a deal with, a, the, with actually Satan. Right. Yes. Not from them. Uh, not from these yeah. writers. I just, it does not land because of that. And it's not just because they're white dudes. There is a, there is a potential world in which two white dudes write a really beautiful, nuanced, gorgeous thing, a uh, piece about, the black experience, but I don't really care to give that thing a shot. You know, it's like, I already know that there's going I think to be even
1: so they, I I would need some sort of advisement and credit. And it's also wouldn't be whoever would advise them. Yeah. It It's not their job. You know, that's it's, what I'm getting at. It's the person yeah. who would advise them.
0: I want to see their version of it anyway. Yeah. Um, let them
1: do it. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. I, yeah, it,
0: I I'm not white dudes making, movies about the black periods. that's it you know like especially yeah. from a hyper colonialist country
1: yeah that's um, i get what they were trying to say and do but again i agree with you not from them yeah i don't i don't really want that if if we had had yeah if, um
0: I'm, ju- I'm just saying it's not impossible uh, that's the that I'm making yeah. the me- meekest or merest point I can make here is that it's not impossible, but I still don't give a shit enough to let them try.
1: Yeah, I don't um, want it.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. want a green light that. So it it. So I think what we're seeing here. So I'm talking about like you know all, there's all this space in the movie, mm-hmm. and it is these sort of montagey or like sort of time lapse scenes where she's alone, and we're just getting jumps and bits of time, and we're losing time, which is a good thing to do that is very good filmmaking Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of space in this movie to do more yes and say more yes and be clearer with your message we talked about this on the final girls episode it was Mm -hmm. um, a strong point from you and i really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on it and it was that yeah you can comment on the trope you can comment on the experience or rather you can acknowledge that it exists but that's not the same thing as taking a stance yeah, and by the fact that they do make her at the very end psychotic, and I'm using that literally speaking, diagnostically speaking. Yes, that they give her psychosis. Mm-hmm. They did it, the writers, right?
1: Mm-hmm. She does not fare well at the end of this, it, right? And it
0: makes you question her the entire time because I it, mm-hmm. I wrote down a note while we were while we were doing this uh, while we were doing the plot. So we see the house at the end. We had talked about this. We see the house at the end, and it looks gorgeous. It looks like its former glory. Yeah. So was it only looking dilapidated because she was crazy the whole time, or
1: that's a good question?
0: Is it that they've restored their colonial grandeur? Because we know we we didn't mention this during the plot, but um, Margaret's lying to Charlotte about the house being foreclosed, or the cottage being foreclosed on. She was trying to sell it. Yes. So, how much is that cottage worth? You know, or were they able to get some more money back? Were they able to get Ben's life insurance? All of those sorts of things.
1: Or was it the devil's chess piece?
0: Yeah. I There's don't also know. that non sequitur with that dude who shows up and starts screaming that he wants his inheritance or his oh, bit of the money. Yeah. I was what like, why did you guys even
1: add that in? Because it, why, cause it why?
0: goes nowhere. It doesn't, it, nothing happens. We from see that. him
1: and then we like skip time. It's weird. It's weird. It
0: never comes up again.
1: Yeah. So, like, I I totally get what you're saying and it and it, it it kind of ruins it kind of ruins what they're trying to do be, by exactly dis, saying, by yeah. discrediting our protagonist who is a black woman. It's like mm-hmm. it's yeah, I I don't always love happy endings with horror films. I kind of think that they are a cop out sometimes, but I think a happy ending for her and this um like if we got that That's satisfaction Well, if we got that satisfaction of her getting out of there and having like having the child and everything actually being okay, I don't know. I I just it's it it took a wrong turn somewhere and it was hard to it, it was hard to get it to steer it back on track after this. And then they had to end it with her actually being psychotic yeah and yeah it just discredits everything that we've seen because we're seeing this through her eyes the entire time yes so it yeah i I think that this is a perfect circle circle back to you saying that this movie is about gaslighting but it's gaslighting us yeah at the same time and i don't think
0: it's if it is if it oh my god yeah if it is obfuscation what the fuck? Like yeah. that it, it just is so undermining this protagonist who you've told us is undermined that you tell you're yeah. trying to tell us that you understand we're the plight of put, black women in the in the medical world and yeah. in the world at large. And yet then you tell us but actually she was crazy the whole time. Well, what the we're fuck, man? Put, what the fuck
1: is your fucking point? Well, we're put in the position as the viewers we're put in the position of the oppressor at that yes. point. Being the, just viewing this movie, that's where our POV is. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. Is it, again perfect circle back to say like we are being gaslit during this movie of about gaslighting. Yeah. And and we're and then by the end we're we're just left with this like unsatisfying in not in a good way. Some horror films yes. end in on an unsatisfying note and it just sticks with you and, and there's it, some of it, my it, favorites. there's something in your stomach, you know. Yeah. But this one is just like, well, what the fuck were we supposed to believe? You everything starts unraveling after you realize that um th- from their point of view she is psychotic. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. It's it's it it's almost there like I I I, I like the intention, but mm-hmm intent and impact are two different things and i just don't i i don't like what this movie actually did
0: yeah (laughs) um so i'm gonna pull some some nice quotes here from a couple articles i read this one is from uh, rogerdbert.com simon abrams wrote it okay and i'm I'm gonna pull them to to sort of talk about both successes and failures but this first one is i think a success of the writing yeah um so Uh, You had talked about that nice slow zoom shot we got When Margaret and Charlotte are talking together Mm -hmm. Um, They're sitting down and uh, Margaret's telling her Oh, I really envy you Because I didn't give a shit about my child For the first three years of his life Until he was bitten by a dog (laughs) Yeah, And she talks So uh, Abrams pulls this really great line that says uh, I'm quoting the article here uh, Then this is Margaret Or when she says that Ben, a white man Always, quote, loved animals He was always chasing after them Whether they liked it or not End quote. And Abrams puts the fine point on it and saying, Charlotte's black. <laughs> and Margaret is saying what she thinks about blackness oh, in that exact that's moment. So
1: disgusting. But
0: a successful writing moment.
1: No, no, true. And no, I'm I'm saying it's disgusting of the character.
0: And then she goes on to describe how or and Charlotte asks, Well, what happened to the dog? And margaret's like just offhandedly says, Well, we had to put it down, of course.
1: Yeah, she said George shot it. Yeah. Yeah. I had George shoot it, of course. And yeah. it's that of course. of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, ew.
0: It, yeah, and then you've got Thomas playing these sort of this um nice white boy moment, right? Yeah, kinda I can like the white you. savior yeah, type thing, yeah. which is
1: gross in itself. I I if we're if we're talking about um six successes here as well, I I cannot go any longer without saying Tamara Lawrence star
0: amazing a star and all of the acting is fantastic the acting this. is she fantastic really but is she's amazing. a standout like yeah.
1: I would not be surprised if we saw her in an Oscar nominated film next in uh, even accepting an award she's I thought she did a phenomenal job and mm-hmm. th- that's why I want to see her in, in this recording of Twelfth Night that you said exists yeah um, she she would love to see her as viola Yeah. She blew me away. I thought she was absolutely incredible in this movie. Complete standout, especially, you know, up against a veteran like Fiona Shaw. You know, yeah, she stood up with her. And yeah, I I, I just I cannot praise her performance enough. I cannot wait to see her in another movie.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have a long quote here, too. So gotcha. this is from a, a film journalist I, I absolutely love. She focuses primarily on horror and uh, it's art, um, Ariel Fisher. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Um, I will say you should definitely follow her Twitter account if you, you'd like to use uh, Twitter. It's She's um, at AFIS8, the number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, great Twitter thread. She seems to have. A, I, I've read a few of her articles from Fangoria and Slash Film um, and Shutter as well. Mm-hmm. She writes for Bite. Cool. So, I'm mean, gonna have a little bit of a long quote from here, but it was really nice to see from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Uh, what in exactly is going on in this film? Yeah. Um, she points. Uh, uh, Fisher points out that uh, uh, all the things we've kind of talked about right here. Um, that it you know. She's told by everybody, this is all normal. Once the baby's here, you'll be fine. All of that stuff, right? Yeah. So Fisher also brings up that this is a very timely topic. Um, mm-hmm. That here in the United States, we have a very tenuous grasp on our own abortion rights. Yes. And that 58 out of 196 countries in the world have any legalized abortion. And in several of those countries, it is a legal and punishable, off- it is an illegal and punishable offense to have a miscarriage. Yep. So I'm going to quote now. The terror of Charlotte's circumstances is amplified by her inability to liberate herself from her situation or find someone to help her. Mm-hmm. In this regard, Tamara Lawrence does a remarkable job. Her painful experience of captivity, I love yep. the use of that word, and relentless gaslighting will strike many women watching to their core. Yeah. And yeah, Fisher goes on to say that, that quote, this is the heart and soul of the film, one that would have benefited from the presence of female writers, end quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she does also bring up these sort of harsh uh, she says it's a harsh breaks in character with Charlotte mm-hmm. um that are jarring it, and I, I love the use of the word captivity. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what that is, yeah. you know. Um and it's it's a because this is a black woman, right? Yeah. It's it's horrifying for so many <laughs> generationally traumatic reasons that that's the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure that a lot of you have heard By now that literally in med school textbooks, it states that black people feel pain differently, which is just completely untrue and unfounded. And and all of these things, Um, that's something that's been circulating for a while now. But if you didn't know that um, horrifying fact that textbooks literally say that now you do. So it's literally what med students have been taught. And if they don't know any better or, you know haven't been told differently Then, unfortunately that's
0: yeah and they you should always be questioning that and uh absolutely race science is all bullshit and Uh, not real and yeah you're smart enough to be a doctor you're smart enough to figure that out but yeah you would think it's because they don't want to um so yeah it's I, i like the look of this movie yeah. Um, it's very pretty. I had forgotten to mention up top, the cinematographer also shot Killing Eve.
1: Yes. Um, um, Carlos...
0: Carlos Catalan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it, the set dressing is gorgeous. The The shots are mostly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there are some I don't like Yeah, um, that are I just find odd and kind of jarring. And I, that word is what, you know, after reading that in Fisher's uh, review, yeah. I completely agree. A lot of this movie is jarring in ways that just feel amateur. Um yeah. and uh, that includes the writing because the writing shouldn't have been done by these two people. Um yeah. I understand that it's coming from their experience and they can give themselves writing credit if they want to, but the real writers of the film should have been Black women.
1: Yeah, agreed. 100%. I, I, I just think, like I think this movie just automatically would have landed a lot better, a lot harder, a lot. It like I'm I'm now that this exists, I'm craving that second version of this, yeah. which should have been the first. <laughs> yeah. Um because Oh my god, that would be oh jeez. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it now how how powerful that could be, how eye-opening that could actually be yeah. for a lot of people and of course it is it is not black women's job or obligation to educate on that. It's something that we should be doing ourselves, but if someone like, let's take Michaela Cole, for example. She yeah. dove straight into her personal trauma to make I May Destroy You. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's I, somehow got no.
1: <laughs> I don't even. Sorry, I can't yeah, even breach yeah, we that. We can't bring it up again. I can't, oh, even, I can't even do it. Um, the fucking
0: Emily. Par- okay. Nope. Stopping. I, stopping.
1: <laughs> just pissed. It's just um, fucking
0: garbage.
1: <laughs> <ugh>. But <sighs> she really dove deep. And faced some trauma that she mm-hmm. you know, and and created something so incredible out of it. And of course, that was, you know, I, I don't know her process, but hopefully that was her complete choice in 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 making in making this and and I hope that you know she had the support that she needed while making this because revisiting those traumatic events mm-hmm. had to have brought up some stuff. Oh, yeah. But if, if someone were to come forward and make this sort of movie, uh, two black women or one black woman, whatever whatever it um, takes, I would absolutely be interested in seeing that. I mean, yeah. again, I think it would be really powerful. I think it would be really eye-opening, all of those things. In yeah. the same way that I May Destroy You was. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, I completely agree. And I think that that is...
1: Because when you're speaking your truth, it comes, it, it hits different. Yeah. You know? It just, it hits different and it's how people relate to you. It's all of those things. It's what makes you charismatic and personable. And, and, and above all of that, it, it's just extremely powerful to see someone say, this is my truth. I'm sharing it. I'm being vulnerable. I'm doing all of these things. So,
0: And just like, you know, it hits different. It actually yeah. feels real um, yeah. when you have people talking about their own experiences or maybe not their literal own experiences, but experiences that they are closer to than say to white dudes. Yeah, from a colonial colonial the colonialist country.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really um, what I'm what I'm getting at is yeah. is how powerful that truly would be if it was someone firsthand speaking their truth and yeah yeah
0: um, yeah and it's 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 something that we need more of and this is why we talk about the need the need for diversity in television and film mm-hmm. because. It, I, no, I'm not begging every black woman to write about traumatic experiences in their life. I'm no. saying if you keep giving black women and every marginalized group opportunities that every white man gets, we then you're going to have a wide range of awesome shit. And one yeah. of them will be this movie that's good. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean to say. Is that, you know, yeah. just law of averages. That's going to be what ends up happening because they're every... If you are going to, yeah, every, yeah. every group that every marginalized group is just as diverse in terms of thoughts and, An and experience as yeah. white dudes yeah. <laughs> and yeah. white women. Um,
1: give, give them, yeah, the same, the same platform, the same, you know, money, the same yeah. passes, the same, like all of these things that we give white men all the Access time. Access to the, Access, yeah. yes, all of those I'm things. I'm just
0: thinking now that whole fucking, um, what was that Netflix show that's, it was bouncing around on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, it's a half Asian dude and a half black woman. What? And they, Oh God, you didn't see this. I don't think so. Oh my God. Um, they, it is two mixed race kids who I guess are dating. I, I haven't seen the whole show, but they are argue They're like taking shots at each other. She's like, I speak more Mandarin than you do. And I know how to make some sort of food that you don't know how to make. And he's like, and he comes back with, like, hurt. she's, she can't twerk well, and that he's never seen her pound back jerk chicken. It's absurd, but it was written by two white women. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's been this whole, I can't remember the name of oh. it off the top of my head. It's, it's, I want to say, it's, it's something like, and I'm not. Pulling her, it's only because she's on my brain. Uh, Greta and Gerwig, it's it, it's that kind of title. It's like a D and a D, or a G and a G, and I can't remember their both their names.
1: Oh no, it's that's, bad. That's I watched really it, and it, bad.
0: Just, it. They like they the half Asian dude's just like, oh yeah, you want to play the oppression Olympics? Oh
1: and I'm just god, like, it, fuck
0: me, it's awful writing. It, um,
1: which again would be one thing if it actually came from people who lived that experience, but the fact that you know that it's through two white women's...
0: You can tell it was with, without even looking it up because it's just like...
1: Because there's a, there's a fine line and there's a difference between like when you see a black comedian get up on the stage and talk about the black experience and in a funny way, like it it it, it gets a response. Yeah.
0: I don't want to hear positive... John Mulaney talk about black folks.
1: Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I want to hear him talk about his stupid dog Petunia and um his wife. Yes. You know, like that's... that's he has... Hilarious jokes about both of them. I, d- yeah, I don't want it, to, it wouldn't hit right. Just like what mm-hmm. we're saying with this and with wh- whoever these two white women were who thought that they could write a scene about oppression Olympics. <laughs> I, I, I just, that is beyond my even comprehension of why someone would think that that was okay.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, on that note, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this film?
0: Um, it's worth a watch. It, it is very pretty it is amazing to watch uh tomorrow Lawrence in this uh Fiona Shaw also gives an incredible performance in this
1: mm-hmm.
0: Andre Lester's terrifying um. yeah
1: yeah give it give it a watch
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's a hundred minutes you know yeah, it's not it's not, it's not long um it's pretty easy to to catch anywhere you want to yeah um so yeah it, it's worth a watch it is not the best movie and it's worth a watch if nothing else because it's a good study in how not to do shit Yeah. I think it's a good version of that, you know?
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. And again, tomorrow, Lawrence, we will see you on the big screen for forever. Can't wait for more. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, So, yeah, I guess I'll I'll sign us off here. You guys know where to find us at this point. We are on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We are on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And you can always find us on our website at horrorbabespod.com. Till next time. Bye, bye, babes. babes.
0: Ya yeah,